All right, welcome to the Greg Steer Youth Ministry Podcast. I believe in the power of the gospel and the potential of teens, and I also believe that the best way to get teens to grow is to get them to go. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, help us spread the word to youth leaders. It is time for a revolution in youth ministry that will result in every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. I'm super stoked uh, about today's guest. A good friend of mine, Zane Black, he's the founder of Love and Life. It's a nonprofit committed to awakening and cultivating this generation to live life to its uh, fullest in Christ. It wasn't until after high school that Zane discovered following Jesus is the greatest adventure in life. But he now travels the nation, including the many Dare to Share events. He speaks to teenagers about Jesus, been on the Winter Jam tour, spoke at festivals, camps. Uh, he lives with his wife, Rachel, three children, uh, LJ, Steiner, and Jet in Minnesota, where he also ministers to teens through his local church, Grace Church, Eden Prairie, one of my favorite churches on the planet. And Zane is one of my best friends uh, on this earth. I love Zane Black. Zane, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Good to see you. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, man. So glad. And I, I want to welcome your mustache, too, uh, because... <laughs> It is, so, it is yeah. an awesome mustache. So literally, I texted you right before to ask if it was video or audio. And when you said video 10 minutes ago, I decided to shave my beard so I could have a mustache oh, for such no, a moment no. as this. I did check with my it wife. Is. I was like, Rach, can I shave to have a mustache? And she was like, why? I was like, because I'm going to be on the <laughs> podcast with Greg. She goes, sure. <laughs> That's right. I want to welcome you and your mustache. So we've been, man, we, we've been, we've been at this a long time together. Re, remind me and, and tell the listeners how did how did we first met? What were some of those first encounters between Zane Black, Greg Steer, and Dare to Share? Yeah, so I was um, at Timberline Lodge in Winter Park, Colorado, a torchbearer Bible school. Shameless plug. It is an awesome opportunity for students out of high school to have their life transformed. Uh, by the indwelling life of Christ. And uh, I think I had, I, I was now staff at Timberline and we heard that this wild, crazy evangelist was coming up and, you know, he could pack arenas and, you know, it was all about reaching the lost. And I was kind of like, okay, cool. He packs arenas, but, you know, does he love his neighbor? And I come from the Pacific Northwest, so a little anti-establishment, anti, you know, the, the typical established religion even. And uh, so I think I sat next to you at one of the tables and was kind of poking at you a little bit, you know, like <laughs> to see how you would respond. And then um, I'll never forget going downstairs. There was like the, the classroom or the, the setting down there. And, and I forget, I think you had youth leaders that you had brought out for it mm -hmm. and um, you shared your heart and the heart was not about dare to share an organization. I, I think I specifically even remember you saying dare to share could perish tomorrow and I don't care. I'm going to do whatever it takes to reach this generation with the good news of Jesus. And I'm like mm -hmm. in the back, you know, tearing up, I'm with you, man. <laughs> and, uh, so then I think I volunteered to fold flyers in the dare to share warehouse and I found a VHS of you preaching <laughs> and I made all the students watch it while we folded flyers in the Dare to Share warehouse. So I think that's how that is began. awesome. And, it, and 
it's true that you almost got kicked out of a Dare to Share event, right? Yeah. So Before then after you were a speaker. <laughs> yeah. So after we watched the VHS, I was like, man, this is at an event. Like we should go to one of these events, took our Bible school students and actually our, our local church up in Winter Park. And uh, so I was trying to, you know, mix it up. Like, let's have some fun. Like we can, you know, be at this conference, reach our friends and we, we have a little fun. So we brought some squirt guns and we're squirting people in the audience and I don't know, some security guard did not think it was as fun as we did, <laughs> grabs me and is like, where's your youth leader? And I'm like, well, it's me. <laughs> so, oh, man. I remember um, the first official thing we had you do, you kind of were the MC survival guide for Gospel Journey we did up in the Rocky Mountains at the Torchbearers Bible School. Yeah. with what an atheist agnostic episcopalian all these different worldviews and you were the you were the guide uh for that and i just remember man this guy's got something uh he's really relating well with these uh teenagers and we asked you to give your testimony and kind of mc the dare to share conference that we had at the denver coliseum with probably i don't know six seven thousand teenagers and you brought do you remember what you brought with you? I remember. <laughs> I literally brought Depends diapers, grandpa diapers. Adult diapers. And yeah. I was like, what? I thought it was an illustration. I go, what do you bring this for? And what did you tell me? Dude, just in case I poop my pants on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I was literally that nervous. Like I, I mean, I went from, you know, preaching, teaching at a Bible school where I'd give a five minute devotion yeah. to 35 students and. Um, and I think I still often feel just as nervous. I literally was talking to uh, BJ, who was a part of that gospel journey uh, yesterday, mm -hmm. and he reminded me he was um, uh, uh, stage, um, uh, what's stage that position? Manager. Stage manager at Dare to Share. And he reminded me of one of the times where he was standing behind me talking to my ear, just say this, <laughs> wait longer, now say this. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, it's just cool, I guess, look back and see all that the Lord's done over the years and how he uses us in the midst of our imperfect, yeah. you know, insecure, you know, our inabilities and uh, yeah. just his sufficiency shines through. And I think ultimately, as I look back over mm -hmm. the testimony of Dare to Share over the years and at least my involvement is just all what God did, you know, uh, using the foolish things of the world. So. Thanks for yeah, leading the no way on kidding. that, Greg. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, it's been it's been great. We've had a lot of fun, seen a lot of transformation over the years. We're still still grinding it together with Dare to Share Live and Lead the Cause, and uh, you, me, and Gerard Gunter, and it's just been uh, it's been such a blast. And I think our best days are ahead, God willing. And uh, it all started back there, what, 15, 16 years ago, uh, in Winter, Fraser, Colorado. Uh, at the Torchbearers Bible School. So I remember yeah. your testimony, to your, your Devo for that day, because you were like building it up. And I'm like, man, this, kid, this, this kid's got raw talent. He's like, I discovered this verse. It's blown my mind. And you read John 3.16. I thought you were going to start like laughing. And you, it felt like it was the first time you read that verse and were sharing it with us. And I'm like, oh, this guy is so sincere. And it uh, might have been the I, first time I read that verse. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's, uh, honestly, Zane, it's that honest, sincere, new believer awe, I think, that you still have with you. 
that draws students in. And it's just great to see, you know, I call you behind your back, uh, you know, the premier youth speaker in America. And uh, I just, I love the way you communicate to teenagers and God is using that. And I, you know, I, I know you still get nervous, but it's Christ in you and through you. So it's been, it's been really, really cool to see. And now you lead, you lead a ministry, Love and Life. Tell us a little bit about Love and Life. Yeah, so <clears throat> really like born, birthed out of uh, the heart of what God had done in my heart. Uh, John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And I felt like that was so much of my life before I met Jesus, you know, life filled mm. of drugs and drunkenness and um, just wild parties and just living for myself and all the brokenness that came with that and destruction in my own life and my family's life, friends' lives. Uh, but then Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, but I have come that you might have life and life to the fullest. And so uh, love and life came out of that. Like I'm loving life because Jesus is in my life. And mm. um, yeah, so it's our, our nonprofit that we really – is a, a funnel for us to continue to do ministry, traveling and preaching. Uh, we started like an apparel line to help fuel the ministry because I didn't come from, you know, a family of Christians or a background of Christians that I could write, you know, support letters to. Uh, I mean, I guess I could have wrote like my old drug dealing friends, but yeah, and they might have, maybe that's a good idea. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Note that for later. Uh, but you know, we were like, hey, if Paul made tents to help support his ministry, what about us making teas? And so uh, it's been cool that how, how that has developed because it's really turned into an opportunity for student. We look at every item uh, and article of clothing as an opportunity for a student to share the gospel with their friends, to tell their friends about why they love Jesus. Mm. Um, and uh, And then we have hopes of uh, starting mission trips where, you know, it takes a lot of the dare to share content, actually. Uh, I'm not as creative to come up with something new and you're like, Hey, if it ain't broke, don't, you know, don't fix it. So use a lot of the dare to share content to bring students on mission trips. Uh, so we call them like our love and life surf, serve and share weeks that we've been mm -hmm. developing, uh, piloting some of those actually this summer. And then, uh, one year, hopefully to do a, like a gap summer to bring students out for seven, eight weeks and immerse them in discipleship and evangelism and see what it looks like to, to live wholeheartedly for Jesus in the midst of, you know, kind of a post-Christian culture. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we do. I love that. And it's, uh, you know, it all comes from John 10, 10. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. And that, that mentality, you know, I know you talk about maybe how I impacted you early on. Well, you impacted me and impacted Dare to Share. If you remember the original gospel acrostic uh, that we had, but, but when you came on originally, the L was life uh, that's eternal can never be lost. Yeah. And it was about you know, eternal security. It was a theological statement, right? And you're like, bro, what about life now? It's not just later. And so we changed that L in the gospel acrostic, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. And I think there's been that like, not a tension, but a holy balance between you and me to, to really help communicate uh, eternal life is a quality and quantity, mm. you know, it, yeah, it does last forever. Yeah. You will be in heaven, 
but also at the same time, it's a relationship with God. So that, you know, practically, but in many ways, you've really helped impact the Dare to Share. And that whole love and life mentality is part of who we are, just like Dare to Share is part of what love and life is and who you are. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, Romans 1, it says, uh, 13 and 14, I long to see you uh, that I may impart to you a spiritual gift to make you strong, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. It's almost like, you know, everybody's got a syringe of their spiritual gifting. And, you know, you've infused that into us and we've infused that into you. And it's we're stronger together. So it's been it's been awesome to see. So, you know, the vision of every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. Share us share with us your heart to see the next generation reached and mobilized with and for the gospel. Yeah. You know, I feel <clears throat> Dare to Share has been for me the like relentless and I feel part of, and that has grown me. Uh, and I feel one of the parts that God has written in my heart is that real relational. Mm-hmm. And so I have taken the route of like uh, of discipleship in pouring into students um, in that sort of one-on-one and then trying to inspire others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like taking that same passion that Dare to Share has to reach every teen everywhere and, 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 and starting small, you know, uh, which has been so cool to see the big from the stage, but then to start small with a few. And that has been some of our vision with some of the, um, uh, mission trips. And then ultimately this, this idea of like a gap summer program Mm. where, where we'd get to intentionally invest in a few and then launch them out. And so it's really the same heart approached from a little bit of two different sides, um, and and not discrediting one or the other, because I think what I've seen in you, Greg, is most people probably don't know it because they see you just on the stage, but you are so intentionally investing in, in a few, me being one of them. And I think of how many youth leaders and, and people who just have your number, who call you, um, you're, you're kind of like that that Bob Goff in a little bit of that who like, you know, put his, <laughs> his, his phone number in the back of books. You know, you've always just made yourself available uh, to people and you consistently invest in people through that. So that's both that relentless and relational. You bet. And I think uh, I love the fact that love and life is moving more and more to focus on the few. And I think of the illustration of a magnifying glass. You know, all of us when we were kids, you know, I think we burnt ants, ant piles with a, or leaves at least, you know, took a magnifying, you never did, uh, took a magnifying <laughs> glass, let those diffused rays of the sun go through that to a, like a leaf, right? And, and you set that little leaf on fire and what that narrow focus of that little laser beam, those rays into that little area, that fire catches on, uh, that leaf catches on fire and begins to burn outwardly. And when you focus on the few, what happens, those, those students set on fire and they begin to reach their friends and begins to multiply out it's the strategy of Jesus. So I love uh, the fact that that's where you guys are headed more and more as, as Love and Life in the future. But you, you're also not, you're not only the founder of Love and Life, you're also a youth leader at, at Grace Church Eden Prairie. And, you know, one of the things we've realized over the years collectively is the real, the key to reaching a teen is mobilizing the youth leader to reach the teen, equipping and inspiring uh, youth leaders. Uh, tell, talk a little bit about uh, why you believe youth ministry is so super strategic 
uh, in really capturing the hearts of the next generation? Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately we see God's heart for the church, right? We see the establishment of the local body of the church, um, the local expression um, of the church. And uh, ultimately, you know, as great as Dare to Share is and as strategic as you guys are, it can only happen through the local church. And, and I've learned that from you is, is the purpose to raise up youth leaders, to partner with local churches um, and, and, you know, head pastors as well, but uh, really such a focus on, on, on youth pastors. But you think about it, there is strategically churches on, you know, in the Midwest, on every corner in the South and uh, all across the United States of, you know, potential gospel advancing ministries with mm. youth leaders who are invested in their students' lives and um, and volunteer leaders who are showing up at games and uh, and, and showing up at, at houses and, 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 and being there for students. And I think to strategically say, man, each youth group has the opportunity to be a hub of revival. I, I think of that uh, passage in Acts uh, where it says that Paul lectured in the halls of Tyrannus, and as a result, the, the next for two years, uh, the entire province of Asia heard the gospel. And I, I think about what would it look like of, if each of our youth ministries were like that, that, that as the youth mm -hmm. pastor was, was preaching and um, facilitating discussion in small group and discipleship. As a result, the entire province of wherever they are located heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and that doesn't happen through a nonprofit parachurch organization. You know, that happens through the church uh, with uh, pastors, elders, you know, that establishment that, that God has designed mm. um, uh, of leaders who invested in their students' life on a regular basis. And so for me... Yeah. That was why we joined a local church was I needed some of that just accountability, authority. I wanted to submit myself and be involved in that long process of discipleship in mm -hmm. students' lives where I wouldn't just, you know, to what you sometimes talk about, blow in, blow up and blow out, you know, be there for a weekend, but uh, continually get to meet, you know, the parents, the siblings, mm -hmm. and, and, and watch them through junior high, high school, graduation, and beyond. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, been, uh, it's been the biggest blessing for me in our, in our ministry, in our family, in my own life, and, and stuff like that. So I love, love the church and all of its so, mess. Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, it's the bride of Christ, and we love the local church. So... There's challenges. Obviously, when you're a youth leader, you take these gospel advancing values of intercessory prayer, relational evangelism, leaders modeling it, you know, I mean, a bold vision, disciple multiplication. It all looks good on paper, right? And it all is good because it's straight from scripture. But what are some of the challenges that you could probably speak to now that you could not speak to as much when you were just, quote unquote, a speaker, a youth speaker? What are some of the challenges maybe especially uh, implementing in a larger church uh, context because that's what Grace Church is. I mean, it's a huge church. It's an awesome church. I love Grace Church. Um, but what are some of the challenges of implementing uh, gospel advancing mindset in a church 
that is big? What are, what are some of those challenges? Um, well, I think sometimes is that big means effective, you know, mm. and not buying into that lie. Um, I, I think something that I've been processing with specifically with the seven values, which maybe translates big or small church is I almost looked at it as, uh, you know, value one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then mm -hmm. that they have to happen in sequential order. And I'm beginning now to realize, at least in our youth ministry, it's a little bit more like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and probably a little bit more like alphabet soup. Yeah. Where uh, there's times where, you know, oh, okay, we started with um, intercessory prayer fuels it, number one, or A, and you begin mm -hmm. to go down the line, but it can be easy to almost like forget that or, or, or like move beyond it. And mm -hmm. what we're seeing in the cycle of our ministry is to be okay with these things kind of ebbing and flowing and always going back to, to trying to check. But with that, it can become overwhelming to try and do them all. Yeah. And, and yeah. so all at the same time, all at the same time. Yes. And, and for me personally, frustrating when, when I, you know, been with dare to share. So we teach it, here's the ideal, here's all seven, you know, they're simple once you grasp them. Well, why aren't we just doing them all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think for me has been to take a step back in our personal youth ministry. Okay. What's one we can focus on. And just because yeah. we were great at intercessory fuel, uh, intercessory prayer, uh, in the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, we don't graduate from that. We need to return to that. And then, you know, yeah. okay, let's bring another one in and, and what other let's focus on one rather than get overwhelmed by all. Yeah, and, and if you look at some of these smaller churches and medium-sized churches, they probably have an advantage because they don't have as much bureaucracy or a curriculum that we've been using for so long. It's like, you know, turning a, a, a small boat versus a cruise ship, right? There's a lot more that you have to turn uh, with a cruise ship, uh, you know, a battleship than just a smaller boat, right? Yep. And so there are unique challenges that large churches have. I think it's great a great advice to the larger church youth leaders if or in any are listening to this right now to you know start focusing on one or two of those values and then just kind of build build on it. I love that alphabet soup versus just sequential. Yeah, yeah. good. Any other thoughts on that? Um I I would say the other part has been and I feel like this is just discovering through my own lack has been I thought because I preached it meant we were living it mm. or because I believed it meant that we had achieved it. Mm. And, and I think that even happened within our team because we're like, Oh, well, Greg comes and preaches at our church a couple times a year. We got you saying, you're always talking about evangelism, but yet not seeing the results and having to go back and say as powerful and important as preaching it, I do not want to discredit that, but it's, it's, Gospel advancing ministry isn't just having a better sermon or a uh, evangelistic based sermon or a sermon that moves people towards evangelism, but really implementing these values mm. into the DNA of a ministry that actually shifts the tide. And, uh, yeah. and that's where I think we're at currently uh, through, you know, my own mistake. Well, hey, I'm preaching it, you know, uh, yeah. and, and it sometimes well, takes a little more. You look at that seventh value, ongoing programs reflect it. In some ways, that's so important because if it doesn't get into the system, 
Uh, you know, intercessory prayer, relational evangelism, disciple multiplication doesn't get programmed in some practical way into the system, then it is a sermon. It's a platitude. You know, it's a slogan, but it's not part of our DNA. Yeah. So we yeah. And maybe, <laughs> and maybe one last, I don't know, too many uh, hardships in it, but one of the other hardships is, dude, we're just busy. I, and maybe I'm the only one who's overscheduled. <laughs> but yeah. You know, there's no lack of good things to do. And we got fall retreat and we got winter camp and we got fall yeah. launch and we got summer camp and we got mission trip. And so sometimes it's just backing off and, and, and being willing to, you know, sacrifice the sacred cow to say, yeah. why do we do this? What mm -hmm. does it contribute to the overall vision of what we want to accomplish? And uh, are we willing to let it go for achieving what we really, really want to see happen in our yeah. students' lives. So That's great. So I'll close with this, and we're going to bring a youth leader in. Uh, but this question, what one piece of advice, Zane Black, would you give a youth leader as they work with their teenagers? What, what would you tell them if you can give them one piece of advice? Man, I feel like... <laughs> This is probably like so basic and we're like, oh, John, come on. John 316. <laughs> it's, it's quote John 316. That's all I got, man. <laughs> um, it's good. It's, and I think, you know, it's, you, I, I think I got it from you, Greg. Maybe you stole it from someone as well, but uh, fall in love with evangelism and you'll fizzle out. Mm. Fall in love with Jesus and you'll always do the work of evangelism. And I think that could be, you know, extrapolated or built out to our youth ministries as well. Um, if, if all you do is become focused on building a gospel advancing, gospel advancing ministry, I think you will mm -hmm. grow tired and weary and it will wear out. Um, I just encourage you to just fall in love with Jesus. And I think naturally, as we experience that overflowing love of the Father, it builds up in us and it overflows to where we can't hold it back. And by nature, we talk about the things we love. We've experienced his love. It just overflows. And I think our students feel that, you know, more than the polished sermon, more than the, you know, uh, well-oiled machine of a program is youth leaders who are just on fire, who, who love God and who love people. And ultimately, you know, isn't that what Jesus talked about? Like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. I think because when you do one, it ties so tightly to the other. So uh, I, I'm saying this preaching to myself as well. You know, I, I want to continue to place myself before mm. the overflowing, ever-flowing streams of the Father's love and grace and goodness and life and know that it will eventually overflow into my the student, my family, my students, our church, mm. um, and, and gospel advancing ministry will happen, you know? That's great, great advice. Well, let's bring in uh, our youth leader who's gonna maybe ask you some questions or comment on some of the things you've talked about. His name is Matt McDermott. Matt is currently the pastor of student ministry at Carlisle Evangelical Free Church in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. He's a husband, a dad, a student pastor. Uh, he got his MDiv from Western Seminary, so he's smarter than Zane and I combined. <laughs> he likes to read, run, cook, play Legos with his kids, date his wife, and loves Jesus. So thanks so much, Matt, for coming on and thanks being for a part me, of guys. this. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. Love you guys both. You guys are awesome. 
Dude, right back at well, you. Can I just say something about Matt real quick? <clears throat> Go for we were it. at a camp this summer, and not only I feel like does he love Jesus, love the all those things, he just loves students. And I remember just walking the cafeteria and watching Matt with students pouring in, asking them questions like, oh, is this your youth group? He's like, no, it's just some random students I started talking with. <laughs> and it's like that. he just bleeds it. Yeah, so it's great to have you, man. Uh, thanks, Zane. I love you guys both. Uh, you, Zane, you shared about like your love for Greg. Like he was a, uh, you know, he, you lo- you had like love eyes for him, and I I had love eyes for like both of you. So I'm like torn. Like, who do I love? Who do I love more? I mean, you're yeah, it's great. But you have a mustache, so that, that adds to you. I guess that's right. Bit. He wins. Also, guys, just so- to let you know, like people should go back to the beginning and just hear Greg the way that you speak of Zane and Zane how you guys speak of Greg. Just like, man, that's such encouragement. I was just sitting back. I was like. Man, you guys, the way that was encouraging, that was, man, I just, I could just pick and just listen to how encouraging that was of like partners in ministry, just going and supporting each other. That was, that was awesome. Thanks for letting me uh, be able to listen to that. You bet, man. And, and we made it. I mean, it's like Batman and Robin. Well, maybe shoot, Paul and Barnabas. <laughs> so Batman and Robin. Um, but working together for the common cause of the gospel yeah. brings you closer than anything mm. else. So Matt, um, as you kind of just process through what Zane was sharing, do you have any questions or comments or thoughts uh, to to kind of share with everybody? Yeah, so I went through a process of like, I had, um, I had an end in mind for what student ministry was like. And so Zane, I would love to hear, I, I had in the, year, in the years past, I had like sacred cows stuff that I thought like, hey, this is what youth ministry is about. And it was the program and all this other stuff. And the Lord was like, hey, really? And it was just like chiseling at this sacred cow that I that I thought student ministry was. Mm-hmm. And and then you kind of said, hey, actually, gospel advancing ministry is something a little bit different. If someone has one of those sacred cows that the Lord is just knocking on their heart to just lay down at the altar, how, how would you go about doing that, of, of sacrificing that to the Lord? Yeah, great question. Um, One, I think, is properly evaluating those things, which I think um, the value biblical outcomes measure it, is just the reality of asking the hard question first to see, does this measure up to what we say we want to accomplish in our student ministry? For instance, we had one that was a dodgeball uh, tournament. Now you think, oh, you know, you don't like dodgeball or you don't like having run. No, not at all. I mean, it was a super fun uh, experience and it was billed as this is our outreach event and so students would invite their friends we would have uh, a communicator come up at the end and share the gospel and so it had so many elements that you would think oh well that's your outreach why would you sack and it was the first thing to go hmm. and, and hmm. the hard thing was was first communicating to our leaders is where we started because we wanted their buy-in because it was like, this is what we always do. We always do dodgeball tournament, invite your friends. This is our outreach piece. But we were able to show them the result to say, have we seen any students plug back into the youth ministry? Um, Mm. Because we wanted to move even beyond, and I'm not saying it's bad, but move beyond seeing converts, you know, someone that would maybe look up or raise their hand. I'm all about that. I give the gospel. We love seeing you know, people respond, but were they plugging back in to church where they could go through that process of discipleship? And the answer was no. So it was uh, evalu- evaluating it correctly um, and then communicating it to our leaders. And then it was not just taking something away, but showing something better. Mm-hmm. 
And that was how we went about it was said, here's the new thing that we are doing and got our leaders excited about that. And then by that time, as we brought it to students and parents, it was like, this is what we're doing. And, you know, there's maybe a little rumble about why aren't we doing dodgeball? And they're like, hey, we can, you know, throw basketballs at each other later or something and <laughs> eat some pizza but here's what we're gonna do and i think our students really caught on to it and leaders as well and, and now it's totally forgotten and no one ever talks about it yeah yeah awesome. and matt you know what's cool is what they switched to was a paintball tournament so that was a real <laughs> step up I'm just joking um i think yeah i th i think just to kind of throw in i love that that you evaluated as effectiveness i was going to ask you what made that ineffective for you, but the lack of students being actually coming in, getting plugged into the youth group, that's a biblical outcome. Mm -hmm. That's one of those values that's so, so important, Zane. So I'm glad I'm glad to, to, to hear that you put that in there. Matt, you have any other questions or comments? Yeah, Zane, if you got a, like a resource for, uh, when, when not just for converts, but for early believers that you're like, hey, this is a go-to, um, what would be what would be one resource, one or two resources to get them in the Bible or get them to start doing gospel advancing stuff um, on their on their own? Hmm. I feel like I uh, I want to say the Gospel of John, but that seems so like I'm supposed to say that or something. Um, one good resource. Well, maybe this is Zane, a shameless plug. Please do the shameless plug because if you don't, I will. <laughs> I feel like I, it's like everything in me says, don't do it, but do shameless it, plug just it. before it. So we created a <laughs> seven part series called the life series. Mm. It's free on YouTube. We have a small group leader guide that goes with it on our website for free. You don't even have to give your email for it. You just download it. Um, so life series uh, by Zane Black. And basically it's seven, five minute videos uh, we use skateboarding and surfing and rock climbing and and try to introduce these very basic principles of like spiritual disciplines, but built through the heart of to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind uh, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So, uh, yeah, shameless plug, free resource. Yeah, let me go. let me just add on to that, Zane. Uh, a lot of Christian stuff we all know is is not high quality. These are really high quality videos uh, that are very well done, that are theologically solid, but they're not necessarily so deep that a kid would get lost in them. It gives them their next step as a brand new believer. Uh, use that at Winter Jam for new believers. Uh, I just sent it out to a group up in uh, Anchorage uh, and they're going to use it throughout Alaska and the Northwest to help new believers grow in their faith. It is a phenomenal free tool to use. So, Matt, thanks for bringing that up. Youth leaders, uh, uh, make sure you download it. Again, where would they find it, Zane? So you go to our website, weareloveandlife.com, uh, and then there's, like, you know, content. Or just straight YouTube Life Series, right. Zane Black, you'll find it. And I think the one thing that I found is it, 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 I'll almost say like lacks a little, which is kind of fun as all my friends who are youth pastors, they say it doesn't tell at all. And so it gives opportunity for discussions in small groups and to take that next level. But it's really meant to like prime the pump and get people thinking. 
Yeah, it's actually all all it is is Zane quoting John three sixteen <laughs> in seven different settings <laughs> in seven different places. So, Pretty much. No, it's really, really good. Matt, what else you got? Yeah, uh, I, I guess really just the last question is like you both kind of like steered this direction, but it can't just be yourself and it's gotta be like your leaders. If I wanted to I wanna get my leaders getting the seven values kind of ingrained into them. So it's not just me running on my own. How do I, like, where's the best place to start? Like, I, I, I'm i in with, with Dare to Share stuff. I'm, I'm in with that. Is there one one value to start implementing with my leaders to get or or one way for them to buy into the seven values that they can see the, the vision for gospel advancing ministry? I would say, and Greg, you can answer as well, but I, I would say, I know I said ABC, alphabet soup, I always graduate or gravitate towards value one intercessory yeah. prayer fuels it. Um, and we've tried to do that in two specific ways. One in our small group leader meetings. So the, the leader meeting times where we pour into our leaders, we, we start with, or sorry, we end each meeting with intercessory prayer. So them praying for their students and them praying for their own community, friends, coworkers, neighbors, stuff like that. And then two, we try to incorporate that as well in our programming uh, where we take, you know, one to two minutes. So it's not long, but somewhere in the program on a Wednesday night where we have students pray for their friends. And yeah, it is maybe a little awkward if a student brought a non-believing friend and all of a sudden we're having like a minute, two of silence or, you know, people are praying and we just say, well, We'd rather it be a little awkward for the unbelieving student who walks in than to be awkward as we stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords on Judgment Day. And he's like, you did a great youth ministry, but you guys didn't spend any time praying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I think uh, I, I would just throw in there, I mean, <clears throat> shameless plug. I wrote a book called Gospelize Your Youth Ministry that's free. Uh, that I'd really encourage uh, youth leaders to go to our website and download it because uh, it's a simple way to really communicate the philosophy based on the mm. book of Acts, these seven values based on the book of Acts. And it, we're actually revising it and updating it. So later uh, this year or early next year, there'll be a revised kind of a gospelized 2.0 with the things that we've learned over the last seven years that will be available as well. Also, our website, daretoshare.org slash gospel advancing, we unpack those seven mm -hmm. values for your youth leaders, for anybody uh, to take that and multiply it. So, well, Matt, do you have any other questions or comments? I mean, I could keep going, but but we got some time. You know, we don't got time left, but I, I really appreciate it, guys. You guys are so smart in all of this, so I really appreciate the time. Yeah, you bet. Thanks so much. And uh, you did a great job. And Zane, thanks so much for being uh, on the on the program. Both of you, Matt, uh, how can other youth leaders uh, follow you online? Do you have an Instagram or Twitter? Uh, yeah, at Matt McDermott 11 uh, and then at CESC students if they want to follow our, our student ministry page. Great. And then Zane, where would they follow you? Yes, uh, at Zane Black. Yep. I think I'll cross and again, uh, social media. And then wearelovinglife.com. Yep. Great, great. Well, Zane, Matt, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Youth leaders, thanks for tuning in. And I just want to remind you as we close out that a thriving youth ministry is a gospel advancing one. So start advancing the gospel to and through your teenagers. Thanks so much.